Welcome Builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Welcome, Builders. It is great to have you as a listener to the Build Your Success Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Brogen. I'm looking forward to this episode. On today's episode, we have Adam Mindler. And what we're going to be talking about today is lessons learned from America's top leaders. Adam is also a podcast host, and he's had many uh, world leaders and and folks that you'd like to hear from America's top leaders on his podcast. So we'll, we'll have some conversation about that later. But let me tell you about Adam first. Adam is the chief executive officer of the Below's Group, where he co-founded and oversees ventures across a wide variety of industries, including Beverly Hills Chairs, a leading office and furniture e-teller, and Valuse Solutions, a technology consulting and software development practice. Adam remains active in each portfolio of his company, providing strategic guidance and support. He also provides thought leadership as a speaker to businesses, universities, and nonprofit organizations. As we already stated, he's the host of the Leadership and Personal Professional Development podcast, 30-Minute Mentors. Welcome to the podcast, Adam. Brian, thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Well, that that's good news, and, and I uh, just appreciate you taking the time to, to speak to our audience today, and I'm, I'm sure you got a lot of feedback. I know you've interviewed a lot of these great leaders, and we, we just want to hear more about that. Before we do that, set us up and let us know what 30-Minute Mentors podcast is. Sure. So, Brian, thanks again for having me. Really appreciate you giving me this opportunity to spend some time with you and to spend some time with your listeners. 30-Minute Mentors is a 30-minute conversation each week with one of the most successful people in the country on how they got to the top and, more importantly, how listeners can get to the top as well. So every week I go one-on-one with a founder or CEO of a household name company, with a general or admiral, with a well-known celebrity or athlete. I'm interviewing someone who by any measure has made it. And I'm trying to spend those 30 minutes as effectively as possible, really giving listeners practical actionable advice that they could apply to their lives so that they can excel personally and professionally. Really, my goal with the show, it's called 30-Minute Mentors, is to bring to listeners the best network of mentors possible and to do it in a really interesting and digestible way. So that's what the show's about, and hopefully your listeners can check it out and enjoy it. Well, I certainly encourage them to do that, Adam. So, so how often do you pu- uh, publish your podcast? Once a week. Once a week. So it's a weekly podcast and it's, I guess it's 30 minutes, le- which leads to the title, correct? Exactly. Now that can be a challenge, Brian, because when you're talking to the most successful people in the country, it can be really hard to keep your conversations to 30 minutes. These are people who you want to talk to for much longer than 30 minutes and to confine the questions to that amount of time is definitely a challenge that I enjoy. I embrace and I feel like it's my duty for listeners 
to really make the most of each and every one of those 30 minutes. So I'm not always successful at keeping it to 30 minutes, but I try to keep it as close to 30 minutes as possible. Well, Adam, I totally agree with you. I, I, I fight that battle myself. I, I try to limit this to around 30 minutes. I think both of us th- understand, you know, it might be a commute to work. A lot of people don't want to commit longer than 30 minutes to listening to something. So that's why we try to keep these this way. I, I completely get it, though. Sometimes you just want to keep going. I've had a couple that I've, I've thought about doing a, a, a dual two episode uh, <laughs> run. So that's just and we may do that today. We'll see how it goes, man. Hey, Brian, so, so, I've got all day, all night. We could kind of keep going. We can talk to until tomorrow if you want. I might need to grab some dinner in between, just kind of depending on how long we go. But well, you and I are in different time zones, so uh, <laughs> we just have to see who gives out first, right? <laughs> well, that's it. wonderful. So, so that sets up for our listeners, you know, how you're able to give us some lessons learned from America's top leaders. So, I just let's start off. What what's one of the best lessons you've learned from some of these top leaders? Yeah, Brian, great question. It's a topic that I love talking about. The first thing that I like to say when we talk about lessons learned from America's top leaders is I really ask that everyone understand that when you listen to a really successful leader, that leader could be a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. That leader could be the founder of a huge tech startup, that leader could be a coach of a basketball team. The advice that he or she gives, in my experience, having interviewed now over 300 of America's top leaders, not just on my podcast, but I also have an interview series in Ariana Huffington's platform, Thrive Global. And what I have found is that the core principles of effective leadership are applicable across disciplines, are, are applicable across industries, are applicable across anything and everything you do. So when you're tuning in to a three-star general, I interviewed General Ronald Hoover, the episode just aired a couple days ago. And the advice that he gave about lessons learned from his 35 years serving in the United States Armed Forces are extremely applicable to me as the CEO of three different entrepreneurial ventures. And they're extremely applicable to anyone, regardless of what organization you're leading or what organization you're interested in leading. And that's great to hear. So, so give us one of those principles, one of those things he gave you as a, a key point that, hey, I use in my day-to-day career. Something that General Hoover said on that episode that was really interesting, and this is just an example because it's what's great about these interviews is that there are nuggets packed in there, big and small, but sometimes it's the small nuggets that you really internalize and bring back to your day and your life, really. One of the things he said to me that was extremely powerful, he said that you should always sit in a different chair. 
you should always sit in a different seat. What does that mean? When you're in a meeting, you kind of have a tendency to go to the same spot. When I was in business school, we actually had assigned seats. I would sit in the same spot with my name tag every day for marketing class or for accounting class or for finance class. General Hoover's point was literally, physically, every time you're in a room, sit in a different spot of the room because you will see things differently. You will gain a different perspective. And something as basic as that is mind-blowing because it really brings about a bigger point. We tend to surround ourselves with the same people all too often. We sit in the same seat. We're sitting next to the same people all the time. Branch out. Look at things a little bit differently tomorrow than you did today. And that's just one lesson that he shared, but it was one that was so interesting to me, having spent two years of my MBA program literally in the same seat. And I'm a guy who believes in routine. When you interview military leaders, I never served in the military, and those of us who haven't may think of military leaders as leaders who really value routine, and they do. But just because you value routine doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't understand the value of mixing things up. I love that. Uh, it's actually a tool I use uh, in my office. I, I, I park in two different locations because we have a facility here that's got a lot of people, and I like to see from different perspectives what's, what's happening in this area and what's happening in that area. And I haven't done it in, a, in conference settings. Of course, I never sit at the head of the table, so I probably do sit in different places on, 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 in conference meetings. But I, I do like the idea that we're going to, you know, see it from a different perspective. As you said, it's such a simple advice, something easy to do, something easy to implement for our listeners. Try something different, sit at a different location, speak with someone else at the table than, than you usually do. That That's great advice. I, I appreciate that one. So, so give us another one. So many. I mean, I feel like for every guest I've interviewed, we can just roll through these, which is the fun part of doing these podcasts. Give you an example from one of the earlier episodes on my show. My first three episodes were uh, released in week one. And those first three episodes were with the co-founder of Kayak, Keith Melnick, with the CEO of Deloitte Consulting, Dan Helferich, and with Suzanne Summers, Hollywood legend, Three's Company, Brian, are you a fan of Three's Company? Were you? Did you uh, watch it growing up? I I watched it as a young person. I'm I'm very familiar with it. Great show, and uh, those were the first three episodes that I started with. And one of the things that um, I mean, we can kind of go one by one, but one of the things that Dan Helfrich told me that really stood out to me was I asked him a question toward the end of the interview. And in my phrasing of the question, I asked him something to the effect of how he views leadership and leading the people under him. 
And he immediately kind of jumped on me in a really nice way, in a really polite way. But he, he said, I never think of anyone as under me. Even using the words under you is problematic. You need to think of yourself as the captain and everyone else is your teammate and no one is under you. And it was really interesting and he sort of expanded upon that. But it was really interesting because I'm a guy who has led many people in many different situations and many contexts over the course of my life. And I've never viewed anyone as under me ever. And I'm, if you talk to anyone who's worked for me or, or currently works for me, they'll tell you, you know, Adam's the kind of guy who is sort of there with, uh, with his arms open and, you know, is your friend first, maybe friend to a fault. But even my terminology and the way that I used my, my wording was an area in which I could improve my thinking. And that was something that if, look, if someone like me is, th- is using the words under you and thinking in that way, just imagine how all leaders should be thinking about how we view each and every person we lead. So something as simple as those two words under you can completely change the way you think about leadership. So another small, subtle example that, again, can completely shift the mindset of anyone interested in learning from one of America's top leaders. Yeah, that is great stuff there. And I, uh, I too, that's, that's another thing I can relate to. I, I don't like an org chart. I, I actually developed a core chart for our team because it, I think we're just more a flat organization and I think we're all in this together and working hard with each other. And I don't think anything is above any member of the team. It, it, we all should be working towards the common goal to achieve whatever it is we're supposed to be doing, whatever project we're on. If it means taking out the trash, I'll take out the trash, man. That's just the way it is. Right. And so I, I, I like that. I like the fact that he gave me that nugget there. That That's awesome. It was great. And again, there's, there are a lot, I mean, it's 30 minutes of action packed information and what's really cool about it to me is no matter what your level of knowledge is walking in, I'm a guy who's interviewed several hundred top leaders. I'm, I'm personally learning something, not just one thing. I'm learning a lot from each person I'm interviewing every time I'm interviewing them. So if I'm learning a lot, I can only imagine how much someone who's tuning in for the first time who's relatively new to this kind of content is learning. But what's even cooler to me is I've had guests on the show who have become listeners and they'll tell me, wow, this is this content is great because I'm learning from all of these other leaders who I had no idea I had this much in common with. And who knew that as a military leader, I had this much in common with the CEO of a fitness company. And it's, it's really cool for me to hear that directly from guests, directly from these top leaders. I think that's what's great about the modern times we live in where 
anybody can start a podcast, man. I mean, it's, it's so easy. And for the listeners out there, you know, don't make excuses, figure out a way to make it happen, but, but there, you can bring your unique perspective and your unique guest to thousands of people, maybe hundreds of thousands of people in this social media age. And somebody can learn as Adam suggests, his guests are listening to his podcast. I've got guests that I've interviewed that listen to my podcast and they come back and say, man, that person was great. And, and they tell me about the nugget they picked up. So yeah, it's just, just neat times where there's no excuse for not growing yourself and learning from others. There's too many people out there putting out some quality programs and, and taking time. It, it, it takes time to get these type of leaders on your podcast. So appreciate you for doing that, Adam. Man, you also do a lot of writing for different entities. I, I see Forbes and HuffPost and Inc. So tell us about how you are able to to use that as a media. Really good question, Brian. And I think it's important to the point you just made to your listeners. If you have a perspective, if you have a voice that you really want to amplify, if you have a message that you really want to share, share it. Go out and say what you want to say. And I started by writing articles. I started by writing an article that got picked up in the Huffington Post. And then my second article got picked up in Forbes. And then I just kept writing. And what happened was I didn't start off with the intention of becoming as engaged in this part of, you know, writing, we'll call it thought leadership. That wasn't the the way that I thought this was gonna gonna go uh, by any means. I'm an entrepreneur. I run, as you mentioned, a few different businesses, and my thinking was, as an entrepreneur, trying to create visibility around my businesses. It would be great if I could get any kind of media for my businesses. And a way to do it potentially is by writing articles that will get picked up in these national publications. That was what inspired me to start doing this. And when I started doing it, you know, I wrote that first article and I really enjoyed it. It was fun for me. It was a, really felt good. It felt good to feel like I was making a difference, to feel like I was sharing valuable content with others. And then I got great feedback. I got great response. People were telling me, wow, this is really good stuff. I'm really learning a lot from this article and from that article and from that article. And once you start hearing from people that they're finding great value in your work and you're really enjoying doing it, you're just going to keep going. It's just going to continue to fuel you and going to continue to push you forward. And that's really what happened with me. I didn't wake up thinking I would write 70 articles, but you one day wake up and have 70 articles that are published. And that's really how it happened. Yeah. And, and, and for our listeners, you can go to adammindler.com and see some of these great articles. I've read a few of them before Adam became a guest for the podcast and just a lot of helpful information out there. 
as Adam's describing, when you start helping people and you get the feedback from them, it just is a real catalyst to keep going and striving to do more and to do better because as you help others, they help you. And it, and it just is a nice thing to do, you know, on the podcast, I've talked about how I have mentors and how I have mentees. I've got one hand reaching up and one hand reaching down and just trying to keep this chain in line. So it sounds like Adam's doing the same thing to help people and getting great feedback got a massive audience. So that's just awesome, man. I, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you, Brian. I appreciate the kind words that you've shared about me. And I really appreciate your positivity. I think that it's really important for everyone, particularly in times like these to stay positive, keep your head up, Brian, you're a great example of it. And I really hope everyone listening in can just stay as positive as possible in these times and in all times. Yeah. Especially these times, you know, the economy's down. Um, we, we have this coronavirus we're facing. Uh, we can make arguments about the percentage and all those things, but the truth of the matter is we're all facing the, the battle together. And there's a possibility that, that, it, that it gets worse than it is now, but the, our outlook and our reaction has to be that positive. I, I'm going to look at it, that perspective that you talked about earlier from the general I'm not going to have that negative perspective, regardless of how deep we get into this. I'm going to continue to see we're coming out of this eventually and things are going to be better than they are now. It's just going to happen. We are a very resilient country. We've been through worse and we're going to get through this thing together, but it's going to take all of us working together to to come out. So appreciate Adam, what, what you're doing with that. So, so one of these articles I, I just see here has got the uh, title, 12 Offside Ideas to Help Bring Your Team Together. You know, now it's not a good time to do offsite things, but what, what do you encourage people to do when, it, when there is the opportunity to do some offsite things? Sure. I was quoted in that article, so I didn't actually write it, but I think that was an article that, if I'm not, not mistaken, I don't remember which publication, but oftentimes I'll get interviewed by different media outlets and they'll ask me for a quote for a different article and they'll say, Hey Adam, what is kind of like your question? Hey, what's a good offsite activity? It's a lot easier than asking, Hey Adam, what are 12 good offsite activities? Then you really have to start thinking. So 12. Wow. That's tough. Now that's an article. So I really believe that, and, and it's a good, a good question, I think, at all times. And in times like these, we're trying to figure out how do we remain as cohesive as possible without some of the traditional tools that we've had in previous times before coronavirus hit. So I'll answer your question, and then maybe I'll dive into some thoughts around things we should do right now, if you'd like me to. That'd be great. I'd love to hear both. Sure. In normal times, I think that it really depends on the size of your organization. When you have a smaller entrepreneurial organization like mine, I believe very strongly in the importance of really bringing your team in to help drive the decision-making process. So 
I love baseball. It, you know, if it's Adam Mendler driving the decision-making process, it's, hey, everyone, let's go to a baseball game. Or, hey, everyone, let's watch baseball. But what if no one else on the team likes baseball? Now, it just so happens that one of our employees loves baseball probably about as much as I do, which is probably the reason why he's on the team. But that isn't how a leader should lead. You shouldn't really lead by saying, I like this, therefore everyone else should do it. You should take as much input as you can from everyone else. So, you know, let's not go to my favorite restaurant. Let's go to the team's favorite restaurant. Where does everyone like to go to eat? Where does everyone want to go to eat? What activities do people like to do? And over the years, we found that has manifested itself into different kinds of outings, ranging from going to the park and playing ball, having barbecues, going out to lunch, doing kind of relaxed activities. When it's in a smaller group setting, we've gone out to UCLA basketball games. UCLA is a mile away from our office and we have season tickets. Um, So you can mix it up, but my biggest takeaway is the importance of incorporating everyone on your team to help drive the decision-making process. And that sort of leads to my best advice when it comes to this particular moment in our lives, which is it's extremely important for anyone leading today to remain as communicative as possible. Yes, we don't have the ability to hang out face-to-face. Even if it is face-to-face, we have to have masks on. We can't be, you know, more than, what, there's the six-feet rule. So we have to socially distance. But there are so many different tools that we can utilize as leaders to remain highly communicative with our team members, with our stakeholders, pick up a phone, send a text message, do what we're doing, which is speaking over Zoom. There are apps like Slack. I personally use all of the above and leverage anything and everything at your disposal. But most importantly, make sure that you're as communicative as possible because people need to hear from you and people need to remain connected in these times. No doubt. And, and as you're alluding to, you know, I, I have been in the same business for 25 years and came up through the ranks and, and I don't have that hierarchy mentality, but I have learned that the employees do want to hear from me because of my position in my role and because they feel like I've got the heart for them and, and reaching out, as you're saying, even in these times where we're distanced, uh, these we got remote job sites, remote workers. It it's, takes a little more effort to get out and reach them, but it's going to be very valuable when we do. And and to your point about asking the team, what do they want to do? I, I have learned that is the very best way to get the buy-in you need. And I, I like to say the buy-in is the fuel to get whatever objective you've got for your team. If they're not bought in, it's, it's just not going to happen. You can have the best idea in the world, but if the team's not all linked together going forward with it, 
it's just not going to happen, man. So that, that reaching out to the team and saying, Hey, how do you, what do you think about this? And now there does have to be a consensus, you know, at the end of the day, it's gotta be, Hey, four of the seven want to go to this restaurant to eat for our team building activity. Uh, so as long as there aren't any health or dietary issues, then, then we're going to the consensus because it's got to come down to, you know, can't go where everybody wants to go. We'll be split seven ways. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that I'm going to give a little bit of a shout out to California fresh. Cause that's where we go to eat. Well, there you go. So if anyone listening is in LA, California fresh. They must take real good care of you there. You like their service. They do. That's good. They do. Great owner, great customer service. You mentioned it. Actually, Brian, I did a podcast interview earlier this morning, and the topic of the interview was like we're talking about lessons learned from America's top leaders. This podcast host interviewed me on how to turn your customers into branded ambassadors. That was the topic. And it was actually an article I'd written a couple years ago on that topic, how to turn customers into brand ambassadors. And to sum up that entire interview in one phrase, it's customer centricity and California fresh. That's an example of customer centricity in every single one of our businesses. We focus on our customers. It's all about your customer. Everyone on your team up and down your organization has to focus on your customer. We have an office furniture business, Brian. We kind of mentioned it a little bit in the intro of the show. It's called Beverly Hills Chairs. We are the leading sellers in the country of refurbished brand name chairs, refurbished Herman Miller Aeron chairs, refurbished Steelcase Leap chairs, refurbished Herman Miller Mira chairs. What we do is we buy used chairs. These chairs retail at around $1,200. We buy them used. We refurbish them. We restore them to essentially like new condition. And then we sell them to customers at a little bit more than 50% off retail most of the time, around 50% off retail, sometimes a little more. And anytime we interact with any customer, not just me, not just our customer service team, but any person on our team, we have one thing in mind, and that is the customer satisfaction. That's what we care about. It's all about your customer. And kind of going back to lessons learned from America's top leaders, just as an entrepreneur, I'm laser focused on my customers. A leader has to be laser focused on the people that he or she leads. And you hear that in every variation of advice from all the great leaders who I've interviewed. Wow. That's, that's great news. And Hey, kudos for refurbishing those chairs. They don't make their way to the landfill when you refurbish them, (laughs) put them back out. Brian, in times like these, man, with uh, everyone working from home and people trying to figure out how to furnish their home offices, people need chairs to sit in. You're trying to figure out where do I sit, how I'm working you know, in my apartment or in my house all day, I need a chair. And that's, they're giving us a call or they're coming to our website, Beverly Hills Chairs. Awesome. You know, you talked about being customer centric and in, and in my world, in the construction and project management world, there's a lot of processes. I mean, we're, we're built on processes, but I encourage our team here all the time. 
you know, the processes cannot get in the way of the product. We have got to deliver. We've got to respond and we got to be fulfilling those processes, but it's got to be while we're giving our customer what they need. So I relate to that as well, man. I appreciate that. Well, you know, we're, we're going over that, that normal 30 minutes here (laughs) and it's always hard to do, but I, I would like to wrap it here. So, so Adam, tell our guests how they other ways they can get a hold of you. I mentioned the website, but any social media places they can see you at? Yeah. Thank you so much, Brian. And thanks again. This is just such a pleasure. I hope everyone listening had as much fun as I've had. I try to make it as easy as possible. It's just my name, Adam Mendler. So you could find me at adammendler.com. You can find me on social media at Adam Mendler. That's at Adam Mendler on Instagram, at Adam Mendler on Twitter. My podcast, 30 Minute Mentors, all spelled out. So you can go to 30minutementors.com. You could also punch in 30 Minute Mentors on your favorite podcasting app, whatever app you're listening to this podcast on, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, you name it. And uh, looking forward. That's great. And I encourage all of my listeners to go listen to that. I'm going to set up myself to subscribe to it. I want to hear from these great leaders. And, and, And do Adam a favor, the same favor I'm going to ask you to do. When you listen to the podcast, subscribe, share the podcast with others. And then go and give a rating and review that that helps guys like me and Adam that other people can see the value that these podcasts are doing. So, so do that for both of us, go out there and give us an honest review and rating. Hey, maybe you want to tell us we need to improve something. We want to hear that too. Uh, And then share these podcasts with others. There's so many opportunities for you to learn and learn about yourself and how to do better and learn how to deal with others just a plethora of information out there with these leadership podcasts. So thanks for listening today. It was great to have you on the build your success podcast. Remember to build yourself and then build others. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more build yourself and then build others.